Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another Very Odd USA podcast. This is Alan. I'm joined by Robin. And we have Jamie Kimball with us for the first time. Welcome, Jamie. Yeah, thank you very much. Delighted to be here. And um, I'm going to ask you to sort of introduce yourself briefly um, to the listeners so they know who you are and and, uh, some of your background in in La Liga stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a football journalist by trade, so I've covered English football for some time, but um, in the last sort of six months or so, I moved to Spain, uh, followed a passion in in following Spanish football, uh, and I write for Football Hispania. Um, who scored and do bits of course for yourselves at VDL USA. Um, a VDL fan, of course, I've been for quite a number of years and a season ticket holder as well now. Now that I'm local enough to do to be able to go to the games, so yeah, uh, a big VDL follower and a, and a lover of Spanish football. That, that's how I sort of summarise myself. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So. Um... Did you start following Villarreal during the the Champions League runs before? Is that um, so? I, I went to I went to Villarreal as, as a as a child on a sort of paid school trip in around two thousand eight two thousand nine that kind of era. Ah, okay. And I was I was lucky enough to train train on the facilities and get to know the club and and from there sort of had a soft spot. It wasn't until a little bit later that I sort of got totally involved with the club, but. Um, yeah, it certainly developed from from that era, and it was a very memorable one as well for the club. Of course. Yes, yes, oh, that's that's great. Um, well, so we're here during this international break, having very all having played three matches. Um, I guess we should briefly review the the last one against Atleti. I I don't really know where to start or where to stop, but <laughs> um, I suppose. If it weren't for the fact in the way it came about, I think most of us, I don't think any of us had actually predicted a Virial win, have we? I think everybody had was sort of figuring a draw would be would be pretty good. But the way the draw came about, of course, was a little bit unfortunate. So, Robin, um, you're the eternal optimist. What did you think about that thing? <laughs> I wish I still had that tag of eternal optimist. I feel like I've slowly gone downhill over the last three years, three years, two years, which is terrible, really. But um, so that 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 match, it was just such a strange, strange match. Up until that last goal, it was such a typical VRL performance, wasn't it? For well, for the, the last two years, it's um, it was just that you know there was no barely any shots on goal. We were having a massive battle in midfield, which can be expected of Atletico Madrid, but they were absolutely destroying us most of that first half. And it's really negative to be like that, I know, but at the same time, I, I was struggling to find something, anything really positive to, to think about. It was it was, it was was really interesting. We did get destroyed, didn't we? And I think the win-backs were what destroyed us, really, with that. The way they set up really, really destroyed us, because I think 
under Emery, we do tend to be more conservative than we have been in, with previous managers. So we were always kind of going into this game doubting ourselves, I suppose, and taking him on. So, mm. but yeah, so it was it was absolutely demoralising that last goal. I must admit, I was writing right in the match report thing. You know, yes, it's all great. I've got a really positive article going here, and then two seconds later, I had to change the whole bloody thing. Mm. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think the most devastating thing was that really Mandy error. How how did you two feel about that in the sense? Did you feel it was Ruley's error or did you see it as Manley's error? For, for me, it was completely Ruley's, and I feel for him because it's absolutely devastating for him because it was a it was a great game for him to be honest with you up until that point. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it really does sum up for me why Ruley shouldn't be starting games because that error was it was basic borderline comical. So, what did you two think of that that sort of well overall um, performance? Well, Jamie, you want to start? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I concur that it was it was a it wasn't a great display in fairness. But listen, you go away to the champions and and you take a you take two leads. You, you know, you go into that last few seconds of the two one lead against the champions, and that no matter how you performed in the ninety ninety five minutes before that, ninety four minutes before that, um, that's always as good as you can ask for against a team like Atletico Madrid. I think, and especially the way that Villarreal started. Especially the way they played in that game, um, yeah. But that now that happens, you know, and I think that, as Robin said, it, it makes the form performance feel worse because you don't mind playing badly and coming away with with a big result. And, and while it was a really good point, and I really do think that um, that error kind of put in performance, put in perspective the disappointment of the performance as well. I think, and I think that's what Unai Emery said as well. Is it's not a bad point, but when you consider the season as a whole, um, at the end of that game, mm-hmm. it feels like a bad point. And I think that's what it was. And I agree. I think there's a lot of doubts around Rui. I don't think he's performed well at all in these, these first three games. I'm not entirely sure how, how it came about him starting over a Senghorn. I didn't think that he did. Of course, we have we have him to thank for the Europa League uh, win, but I, I don't think he did enough, even in the Europa League games last season, to, to prove that he's a... Um, a trustworthy goalkeeper. Although, of course, I hope, hope he can prove us wrong. But so far, I'm I'm, I'm yet to be convinced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think the um, it it is a classic. Um, have we have we come away with the win? I think it would have been a classic Atletico type of performance in a way. You know, the 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 thing that you really like um, and that makes a difference over the course of a season is you're not going to play well in every match and you do have to take some matches where you um, where you don't play well but you somehow manage to, to eke out a result and and uh, you know the three points would have been great I I honestly every I, every time I watch the <laughs> the, the final um, Goal there. I I honestly can't imagine what Ruley is doing. Um, I mean, I don't understand why. If if you if you have your if you know that there's not anybody in attack, you could have. I suppose you could have yelled early on, just leave the ball for me. But obviously, either he misjudged the ball horribly in the air and and said that or wanted to say that or. You know, it just made no sense. It was like it almost felt like he thought the game was over and he was just going to wander off and celebrate or something. It made uh, every time I look at it, I just I'm like, "What are you doing there?" <laughs> so yeah, 
exactly that. It's like, so I realise I'm starting to sound like I'm ranting now, which happens a lot, but I know. But the ball's the ball's clearly going out anyway. So regardless of if he if he'd stayed there, I, I just don't understand where he's going. The ball's going out more or less from what I could see. So it was either going to be a throw in or a goal kick. So so where is he going? Yeah. Like even if Mandy had missed it, he wouldn't have got like there, were, there was no threat. So I don't really understand where he's going. You know, he might as well have just left it. But I mean, for me, with with Ruli, that's that's sort of essence of him. He was doing it quite early in the game as well. Although he had a fairly good performance and it was a good save, I, I this this reckless streak of sort of coming out too quickly or moving all over the place for a goalkeeper just puts my nerves on absolute edge, to be honest with you. And mm-hmm. as Jamie says, in the Europa League and all those games, I did not feel any confidence at all. And the penalty shootout was brilliant and it, he will always be remembered for that. But at the same time, I don't know. <laughs> it's, just, it's nerve-wracking. So I'm going off on a rant here. So carry yeah, on. No, no, I think it's... I, I, I remember some adventures in, in goal in the, in the um, group stage of the Europa League too, where it's like, you know, what are you doing? I, I mean, I, I really think Emery wants to play him back there because he's he's much more comfortable distributing the ball than Asenho. I get that. But I don't get that if, if you're going to... I mean, you've got 10 seconds or something left in a match. You're the goalkeeper. You should be standing in your goal. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't make it any any simpler than that. And that's the that's the thing that really bothers me um, is I, I'm not sure. You're probably right, Robin, that, that Emery is trying to be really conservative here. I'm not sure... Um, I, I'm not sure that our that our um, situation on the on the left was really was really that that wonderful. Um, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a tough one. I, we but I think it all comes back to we're missing Parejo in midfield big time, and I wish with our roster being as as much money as we spent and as good as our roster is overall, it pains me to say that we still have like an irreplaceable player, but it feels like that, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly, and I think that's definitely something worth mentioning, and I know Zach mentioned it in his article as well, that having missing Pareko is is a massive thing. I was, like, as, as well, and I think Raul said in his article, with the transfers, one of the really it was quite surprising that we didn't try and find some sort of reinforcement in that midfield. I mean, like, like myself, I know you're a massive Trigueros fan, and I know there's a lot of other blog commentators that, that are Trigueros fans, but he is limited in terms of that, that playmaker role that um, that we do need there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yes, we did miss him. I, I think that the, the Danajuma, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, left wing was such a necessary thing. And for me, that was the highlight of the transfer window, was getting him in. I hadn't seen I hadn't seen him much beforehand because I don't really follow English football at all anymore. But that goal he scored was great, and when he came on, it's been amazing seeing there. I, I was worried at the start of the season when we were playing Atletico, um, Alberto Moreno on that left wing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But he hasn't done such a bad job. But I think having that attacking left winger has been absolutely brilliant. Um, sorry, I've gone off on a tangent. But, uh, so going back to your point, Jamie, how do you feel about um, 
do you feel like we're really missing Pareko? Do you think we should assign someone else, or do you think we should have just been doing better as a team overall? Yeah, I think I think he's obviously a big miss. Um, he's one of the stand-up signings in La Liga last year, of course, especially for the, for the price paid at, to get every opportunity to remind to remind ourselves of that. But um, yeah, I think for me though, yeah, on one hand, you'd, you'd like to see him gone and sign sort of someone like Angie so they're kind of play behind. Um, especially for the price that he went for in the end, or on the, the sort of wage contribution that he went for. Um, but for me, I think I think we just could have covered it better. I think the I'm not sure why Parejo moving out has just has, has meant one less body in midfield. I think that is, you know we mentioned about Manuel Trigueros being being limited, but you know I think he's limited because of the lack of protection that he has there. I think that. You know, Capu's done actually a really good job in this early stage of the season to cover. He seems to be all over the pitch at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, just need to drop, you know, maybe Capu play a little bit deeper and put another midfield alongside Trigueros would would just be the obvious solution to the problems that Villarreal are having in that midfield at the moment. Um, I think just giving, taking that weight off Trigueros and giving him the licence to just sit in the middle and do what he's best at and then having someone else to play forward and someone else to play back, kind of fit that you know that kind of dynamic would just help so much. I just don't quite understand the the reasoning behind the switch the switching in shape, especially given how big a miss Parejo is. I, that those two things combined, I think, just haven't helped you on this start of the season. Mm. Okay, so you kind of see like. So do you feel that we should be changing up to a possible 4-3-3 or maybe go back to the diamond formation and having uh, Trigueros as that sort of CAM and then um, Kapuwe behind him? Is, is that kind of... What, yeah, what yeah, for, for, yeah, I think that Vida did the best work last season in, in that kind of 4-3-3. I know it was, it, was, it was very dynamic in that you kind of shift back to a 4-4-2 without the ball. Sometimes it, it's a little bit of a, str- a strange ever-changing shape within the game uh, and it's quite an interesting one to watch but um, yeah I think just having that extra protection in the midfield like that's how you get the best out of Trigueros and I think that's how you get the best out of the forward players as well giving them the sort of total licence to go and go and attack and you know you look at how, how well Kapu has been doing sort of on his own doing that role in the midfield so you can imagine how good a job he would do if he well, he showed us to be fair he showed us in the Europa League final how, how good a job he can do if he's just told to sit back and Mark one player or mark two players out of the game. That that's what he's best at, and by doing that, he could take the, the threat away from the opposition and give forward-thinking players the license to go and do what they're best at. And I think without that, we're constantly scared of of what's going to happen behind us, and that that's just limiting so many players in this team at the moment. Yeah, that's a, it's an excellent, but like it's almost sort of reminiscent of the. Like if if we did adopt that sort of diamond formation, it, it adopts back to the old days of when Trigueros had Bruno Soriano behind him, so it was just Bruno doing his thing, and then you had Trigueros just doing his thing. I, I mean, I, I certainly agree. I think that that those are the best years of seeing Trigueros is playing a bit further forward and just mm-hmm. having that license to play. Alan, how how do you feel? Yeah, I think the I think it's always been a Trigueros has always been a. Um, I mean, I've I've always been a big fan of his, obviously. But often, Virial coaches have have struggled to find exactly where he's at his best. And you know, we went through a couple of years where he was um, we were sort of playing the double pivot and putting him in the middle with, with Bruno or somebody. And it turned out that 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 really didn't work very well. He he does need a little more 
room to roam um, and and be and go side to side more. I think, and um, yeah, the diamond formation type type of thing would work pretty well. Um, I think the other thing that we have to say also. I mean, we're yeah, we're missing missing Parejo in midfield. But I think we also have to say the first few matches of the season we've been missing Gerard up front too. I mean he's been he's been on the pitch, but he's not looked anywhere near his best. And I think that comes into it also because when he's playing really well, he drops back enough that he can sort of feed, he and Trigueros can feed off each other more. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, just, just jump in. Sorry, just jump in no. there. I think that, that feeds back to that formation change as well. Because I think what we saw last year was was Gerard Moreno doing his best working off the right, uh, and again that change of change of shape was just I've seen him put up straight up front with with Bulaidia, which looked good in the sort of in the, in in the Super Cup. Um, but just yeah, I think there's there's a there's a tiredness factor to it. I think Gerard mm-hmm. Moreno has looked, has, has looked dead on his feet for the first three games, and then he went to Spain duty. And then got injured, which tells the story. Um, it's not too serious by the looks of it, which is really good news. But there's a tiredness factor, but also that I just think I th- thought we clearly saw the best of Gerard on the right, cutting inside last season. And um, again, that that it's difficult to find the reasoning to why you would change that on the back of a, a 30 goal season. Mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because uh, I suppose so. Jared on on that right hand side. He also when we were playing four four two, he was playing sort of the right side of the of the striker as well. It's, a, it's like you said though, when he dropped back into the, I mean, he's not a midfield role, isn't it? It's, it's almost like the times he was dropping back into almost defence and then coming back forward from that. But um, yeah, it's, I think we definitely have have missed him up front. And it like I, I've always been sceptical of the four three three formation. I've just never it's never appealed to me to be honest with you, but. I think with the signing of Deer, that might be better. You know, it might be something worth we can try again. Um, I know I have, I'm probably the one of the most critical of Alcata, but I think with Deer in that middle, it might be worth trying it. So you've got Dan Azuma on the left, Deer in the middle, and then Gerard on the right, as you say, cutting aside. Mm-hmm. I suppose with that Gerard formation, with that 4-3-3 as well, you can sort of cut it back into a 4-4-2 with Dan Azuma coming back. And then it's, yeah, it's like I said, this transition between 4-4-2 and 4-4-3 that Emery seems to favour. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of our, in terms of getting the best of our strikers, what, what, how do you feel it will change? Do you feel like the Paracos return will mean that Gerard finds his form again? The only reason I'm slightly, not, not cynical, and I remember talking, I think I talked to Zach and a few other people about this, is like, so last season when Gerard was injured, we struggled with any kind of goals going forward at all. And um, at times, Pareko, we had a Pareko back and we still weren't getting the goals because that was during this run of draws. We had um, Pareko injured. Uh, sorry, we had Pareko and Alcacer on the pitch and we still didn't get the sort of goals that we needed. So mm-hmm. I must admit, I'm still slightly worried that we even, you know, if Jared off, we're still not going to see any improvement in goals. Uh, how, how do you feel? So that was quite jumbled, but how do you feel about our attacking options once mm. it comes back? I almost feel like the like the issue for us is we've added, we have a lot of players who are, who are good cutting in from the outside or who want to drop back to pick up the ball on the, you know, sort of on the, on the wings and cut in and do, and do things with it. 
but yeah, we don't. I think the problem is, is that for a pure striker, we have Alcacer who has not been at his best. And so I don't, you know, I'm, I'm really not sure. I, I also think it goes, we have Samu who hasn't played either. Who's another one of, you know, one of these cut in from the outside type guys. Um, but I also think still dealing with the balance between offense and defense um, on the wings is a, is a factor too. Um, you know, we seem to be playing Foyth on the on the right, and then on the left, um, we've we still got our three left backs that we can that we can choose from when we're not playing one of them up front. So, I I don't know. I feel like in some ways we're a curiously um, the, the roster is, is kind of curious in where it's, it's got a lot of multiple strengths, but then it has some, I would say weaknesses. And I'm not sure how, to me, the, the big one is that we, we seem to have gone for a lot of shifty players coming in from, from that, that has improved what we have, but I still don't, I'm still surprised we didn't try to do a little more in midfield. That's my okay. ramble. <laughs> So you kind of, so it sounds a bit more sort of like, not a criticism of Emery, but you're also slightly confused in the sense of Emery's not wanting to do counter-attacking football, the sort of this strange, I mean, I don't understand it personally, it's not necessarily a criticism of Emery, I was, one of my confusions when Emery first joined the club was I didn't know how he played because I hadn't, I hadn't seen enough of his, not played, sorry, managed, because I hadn't seen enough of his sort of games over the years, mm-hmm. but Sorry, I'll, I'll direct this to Jamie because I sort of interrupted. But um, do you feel like Emery should be now that we've got Dan Ajuma and, and obviously Samu and Yeripino being on the tackling on the wings, do you think we should adopt a more counter-attacking style of football? Because for me, I don't think Emery seems to favour it as much as every single other VRL fan wants to see that football back again. It seems to me it's almost like a quick, it's almost like a half version of counter-attacking and also possession tiki-taka which I can't explain. So, so Jamie, how, how do you feel in terms of Emery's tactics? Do you think he's going to change it up to now a more quick pace attacking threat sort of thing? Uh, for me, it has, to, it has to sort of vary game by game. Um, against most teams in that league, I think VR can can afford to dominate possession and, and can afford to to go and hear teams or the players they have up front, especially, um, especially with the addition of Dan Juma and Dia over the summer. Um, but then you have to you have to cater, cater well and we have to cater better than we did against Atletico Madrid. I think you look at Emery at his best, if you like, against you know Manchester United in that final, against Chelsea in the Super Cup final. In those sort of, more so the United game, that, that sort of counter-attacking is clearly something Villarreal are capable of and that was a brilliant performance in that final, uh, the way they did counter-attack so well. Um, Chelsea was a little bit different because they ended up sort of dominating the second half, actually taking control of the game, I think, uh, and, and from there. But yeah, I think it has to vary game by game. But I, I just to you know, touch on what, what we were saying earlier there about you know, Paco Alcácer, I think that that's why the addition of Dan Drummer is so important because when Parejo was out last season, um, you're right in that Villarreal really did struggle for goals. And for me, that's partly because Alcácer is, is a player who needs to sit on the penalty spot and, and put chances away and he's very good at that but he's not good at stretching a line and, and, and creating chances for himself almost and 
again that 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 in, in, on one hand Dan Juma helps solve that issue because he, he is a player who can put chances on a plate and he showed it again yesterday in the friendly with, with a with a lovely assist um, and on the other hand that's why the signing of Diaz is so important because he is a player who can stretch the line and even if Moreno is out um, I think Diaz is a player who can who can str- who can push the lines and uh, and force chances for himself, or can force chances out of mistakes for the for the wingers to to take advantage of. So I think that signing a different type of striker is very important, and that stri- signing of a winger who who will create better chances to score is really important because uh, we know that Gerard creates a lot for himself uh, and does some really magic things. And, and if you're not creating chances and take Gerard out of the team, suddenly you're asking you're asking the players you have to suddenly start creating chances that they weren't doing before. And that's, I think, a real, really important thing, a really important aspect that, that Dan Juma has solved. So, yeah, I think in terms of stylists, they very game by game, but I do think that Villarreal are better equipped now to deal with with any kind of loss to Gerard Moreno. Um, and just to touch on as well, they mentioned the, the, the sort of, the sh- not the shape, but you mentioned Jeremy Pino there, and, and I do realise that when you talk about a sort of four-three-three, that is a difficult dilemma of 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 whether you play defensively or offensively. Because do you play Chukwesi, Dan? You got Chukwesi, Dan Juma, uh, Dia, and Jeremy Pino all to fit in that that front line. And I missed one of there as well, I know. But and that's a difficult task. And whether you go for Chukwesi or Pino, whether you go for Dan Juma or Moreno, however you want to combine those, I think those say a lot about the type of game you want to play, and it tells a lot. About the game that Unai Emery plays, based on who he selects from those players in that front three. Mm. Yeah, that's an, that's an excellent excellent point. I suppose we are we are better equipped than last year, so that that is a good point. And and also, I suppose it's, it's like you mentioned with, with Samu. It's, I mean, for me, if we were playing four three three, I play Samu, and if we were playing four four two, I play Pino because I think Pino is just. I mean, for me, I prefer Pino to Samu. I, I, I know that's. I don't know how controversial that's going to be because. But I, I like Pino and the fact that his defensive work is absolutely incredible. I know you've got Foyth behind him, but having Pino and Foyth on that right wing, there's absolutely nothing getting past those two. So, uh, Alan, how do you feel about sort of what, what Jamie said in terms of the that? Yeah, I think I think it's true that we have more we have more options. I I think what I would what several people have said is that. If anything, we've been a little too tentative sometimes, and where Virial has always struggled in recent years is we is we don't beat up on the teams that we should beat. You know, we we end up um, we end up losing a lot of matches or drawing matches against teams that we should win because we don't sort of try to be more offensive and blow them out of the water, and that's. Um, kind of been a thing not just last year but but generally so I think it's great that we have many more weapons but we need to figure out how to use them um, I'm kind of I think that it's interesting there's several players on the roster who I really wonder um, where they're going to fit in now I mean Samu one coming back after injury as, as uh, Robin says I think the emergence of Jeremy has really made Samu um, potentially less important um, on for us. And then you have guys like Ruben Pena, um, Mario Gaspar, uh, 
I guess I would say Moy Gomez, who probably aren't going to see a lot of playing time either. Um, it, it seems like we've sort of upgraded on some of those positions, but we haven't moved the players that we upgraded from. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I was just thinking. I was thinking slightly the same. I suppose we did. We did do a good. Um, well, at one point, we were really good at. Try, we were getting rid of quite a few players, weren't we? Like you know, players going on loan or players leaving. You know, Funes Mori left. Um, I'm surprised you haven't done that. And then let's tribute to him, Alan. You know, <laughs> I know. I know you're his biggest fan. So. Oh, oh yeah, right. <laughs> yes, I think we were. I think we were all. Uh, eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he's no, he's no longer yes yeah uh, but yeah I but I you know I've always been a been a fan of Moy for example but I think that I, I, I but I but I really see that we've sort of upgraded that position I don't see a lot of room for him um, particularly and I guess then the the ones uh, Ruben Pena is the one that really confuses me because I thought that. I was really looking for big things from him when we signed him from Osasuna, and he's and he's had them in bits, but it just doesn't seem as though if if Foyth is going to play on the on the right at the right back, it seems like that Pena is really surplus to requirements, and I'm surprised we didn't try to move him along this summer. Mm, I, I suppose I mean there was rumors we did. I suppose I've always liked Pena as well. He's He's um, he, I quite liked him in those games where we played him on the right wing. I thought he was really tricky and really good player, and he, you mm-hmm. know, it surprised me how quick he was. Um, that leads me on to quite a good point. So, um, left back, who, who, what is the situation with left back for you to um, what would you do about it, and who is your preferred left back um for this season? So, we'll start with Jamie. Go on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think it, that story kind of writes itself. I think um, Alfonso Pedraza is is undisputed left back for really other seasons. He was most of last season. Um, Perez and Stupinian, he's uh, just you can't trust him defensively. Unfortunately, he could could play going forward. Uh, and as you mentioned, Pena playing on the wing there. I'd almost rather see Stupinian playing further forward. Although um, his final product has been disappointing as well. So yeah, well again, and Albert Moreno as well. If he can stay fit, I think he's a, a good offensive weapon. But again, you wonder about about the defensive aspect of that. So it's yeah, I think it's Padrathro or no one really for me. Uh, but I think I think that you, they'll use Estupinian and Moreno a little bit further forward at times. And, and obviously, when Padrathro is not playing, one of those will slot in. But yeah, I think it's a it's a, a one horse race for who starts in that position. Would you have let Esther Pinyan go? So if we had a, so basically if we'd had an offer for any one of the left backs in the summer, would would it have been Esther Pinyan or Moreno or Pedraza? I mean, I'm, I'm not pushing for a point here. I'm just because I should just say for context, I, I'm yeah. a passionate Pedraza fan, and it's got me into quite a few bit of trouble sometimes with the Ariel US community. So uh, I'd say Pedraza. <laughs> if if we had an offer for any one of those three of the summer. Who would who would be your option to sell? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely surprised that one of them didn't go. It's hard to give a name, isn't it? Because I think, yeah, it's, it's I think Stupid Anna Moreno will, will almost be used in similar roles in that mm-hmm. they're not players that Emery would prefer to go to in terms of defensively speaking, but they're both players who can add something going forward. And 
especially that similarity between the two. I know that the games vary a little bit, but especially given that similarity, I'm surprised one of them wasn't moved on. And I think whoever features least will probably be moved on in January. Mm. Yeah, I, I always... Um, I'm surprised we didn't move any of the three either, although I thought that probably... who I didn't spend a lot of time worrying about which one of the three we would sell because I figured it would be whichever one we got the best offer for, frankly. Um, but Estepinian seems to me to be the sort of the odd man out here because I think he's, um, Pedraza offers something different and offers more defensive capability than, than the other two. And I don't know, Estepinian, he's a, he's a, he's a, excellent player. I mean, when you see him play for Ecuador, he's, he's, he's very good. I just don't, he just feels like a square peg in a round hole at Virbial. And I don't really see that. I, w- I expected we would get a decent offer for him. And I thought he would be the one to leave. Um, Alberto Moreno, I, I don't, I feel like there's there are intangibles with him that are really good. I just I just sense that other players like him a lot. He seems to be one of the one of the players on the, the on the team that is probably a pretty good clubhouse influence. I don't know, but I I just kind of have that feeling, and and um, I think he probably would would stay over Estepinion just because he's sort of a, a little more versatile and a better fit overall. That's my that's my thought. Yeah, no, this is interesting. I think it's, as we've said for probably about four, about the last three years, the left-back position has been probably one of the most controversial for the VRL in finding who would be our left-back. I mean, up until one point, it was Costa was the best left-back we had, and I think we all just loved him, and we just set that position there, isn't it? And then we've had sort of three left-backs over the years, and none mm-hmm. of them have got perfect but um kind of everyone's kind of got a preference of each one so it's, it's an interesting thing and also I suppose with Alberto Moreno that's going to have an impact on Moy because you know previously we were playing Moy as that left winger but clearly Alberto Moreno has been playing in that role for the last the first three games of this season so that that may be Alberto Moreno's new position and I'm pretty sure he said in the media but I certainly agree with your point he's he is seen as this popular character. I know at Liverpool he was almost like the, com- the com- just a comedian of the team. He offered nothing for the team, apparently, according to most Liverpool fans, but he was very comedic. So, um, <laughs> for him, if that goes on his CV, if you're going to be remembered as a comedian player, then that's that. But he is, he is a character, isn't he? I mean, Santa Gazzola is the same, sort of a little happy, chappy character that yep, seemed to get yep, yep. people like part of. Yeah. Um, so, I'm, I'm sort of struggling for to think of anything else that we can really rant about or say anything positive. You know, it's not not so bad at this point, is it, I suppose? Um, you know, three draws, but it's the string. Am I correct? I haven't looked this up at all, but is that, I apologise if it comes across slightly negative, is our last recorded victory our right game? Is that the last game? Was that severe? Was that the when Baca got all those goals? Was that our last actual game where we won outright? I'm not including the penalty not shootout. Yeah, I think so. Um, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. I'm gonna be quiet. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that. Um, I guess my feeling is. I mean, I know I've said this before that the fact that our preseason was so weird with 
with the um, COVID issues and everything else. I, I feel I feel like we're about a month behind where we would normally be in terms of evaluating players and 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 Emery in particular, since he's somebody who sort of obsesses about different about different ways to play the opposition and different styles and everything. I think it really handicaps him more than more than some coaches because some coaches really like a team where they've got a settled first 11 and they just throw that out there match after match. And I don't think Emery really wants, I think he, he he likes to have a lot of different pieces to play with and a lot of different players that he can move in and out. And he's got that, but he hasn't really had time to figure it all out. And I think that's, I'm really surprised that we went, three matches or you know with we haven't been able to score goals um when you look at the attacking talent that we have um so yeah it's sort of glass half full glass half empty i feel like in another month or so we're going to know a lot more about how the team is actually doing yeah of course it's one of those things that we can't we can't judge a game too especially after the atletico game which we were clearly on track to win um, so, I mean, realistically, if we thought about it as a whole, we would it would really have been obviously two draws at the start of the mat, start of the season, and then that Atletico game we we could class it as a as a win. I mean, I, it's, I know it's painful to say that, but essentially that was going to be a win until two seconds before the end of the game. Um, so here's here's a point, just as a kind of almost introduction for, for Jamie. I've never done this before, so it's going to be quite interesting. So, Jamie, if you, if you give us your favourite player for VRL, and what we can decide to do is we can decide what kind of commentator or pundit you're going to be. So, as an example, so my favourite player is Pedrasa. So, how what I would assume from that is that uh, as a commentator, I charge ahead. I don't always think about what I'm going to say, and it ends up being a lot more surprising to other people that sometimes it's quite right. So. Uh, and just as an assumption, and Alan, if you also want to give yours after this. So, Jamie, who's your favourite player for VRL? And we'll summarise. <laughs> are we talking current player? It could be any player. Me and Alan have been VRL fans long enough to, to know who you're talking about, so we'll work it out. <laughs> okay. Um, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. Well, a player of the past, um, I'm going to go Diego Forlan. Diego Forlan, okay. Okay, so what we what would I would decipher from that is you're in, incredibly reliable as a as a commentator. You're probably going to be on the goal every time you say something right. Um, yeah, <laughs> and you're probably going to end up being a winner for VRL USA. So congratulations! I'll take that. Thank you very that much. Sounds, that sounds good. <laughs> okay, Alan, go on. Who's your favourite player? And we'll do it for you. I've always wanted to do this to you. Oh, you always have. <laughs> well, you're. Gonna, I, I think to keep it simple, I will go with current players. And I would say the current player would be um, the aforementioned Manu Trigueros. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I've, got the, I've got the perfect one for you, Alan. So, Alan, Jamie, just to say, Alan sometimes likes to sit on the fence, um, neither, neither necessarily going forward or going backwards with his comments, and always likes to commit. And I'm saying this very fondly because me and Alan have been friends for years. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's <laughs> as his uh, as his commentator slash pundit thing. I'm going to do this next time. This will be interesting to do with, with Zach and um, and Raúl as well. Yeah, it would. Yeah. 
Sorry. Yeah, uh, Jim, I should say, every time we get to an end of a podcast, I usually mess it up by throwing something in the middle. So, uh, one time we ranted about VAR for about an hour, which ends up being longer than the actual normal standard podcast. So uh, I'm going to push it back to you, Alan. Yeah, that's 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 good. I, I can't uh, argue with that. I mean, my, my uh, I think partly it comes down to I've, I've always been a fan of midfielders, I think. Um, but, yeah, Trigueros... Um, yeah, I think that's probably pretty good. Kind of have have your ups and your downs, and not try to get too too uh, beat up about it either way. And I guess he's I mean he's a um, he has a he's gotten his degree in teaching or, or something, right? I think he's like a has a that's certificate right. as an elementary school teacher or something. So that's pretty good. I mean, I taught college kids, but they were kind of similar, I think. <laughs> so anyway. They probably weren't Spanish kids, so. No, they weren't Spanish kids. Um, anyway, but yeah, I think that's I think that's right. So we, um, I guess we have a match against Alaves coming up in in uh, 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 in a week. We're not. Uh, what the latest with that? I guess is La Liga has now, as we expected, uh, La Liga and RFEF aren't agreeing. Tebas and Rubiales aren't agreeing. So as far as I know, we have a match coming up, um, and then Atalanta after that. So it's, it'll be, we'll know a lot more about the team um, shortly. So anybody want to offer any predictions for um, the Atalanta thing, or are we a little too far out for that? I'll let Jamie go. Go on, cover it. Yeah, it's difficult to know, isn't it? I'd like to think that maybe I'll come, come back for the international break with a little bit more a little bit more of a spring of this step, a little bit more confidence, but yeah, it's a really difficult game against Atalanta and, and I think it, I, can't, I couldn't predict it, but after, my, my point would be that it's very difficult to play such a defining game as your first Champions League game in a number mm-hmm. of years because those games against Atalanta are going to define whether they are get through to the next round. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, think the, I think the order of the matches doesn't, doesn't help us for exactly that reason. Um, Robin, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of going into it very open minded because I was very very surprised how well we did in the Europa League last season. So when it comes to European football, I have absolutely no idea what to predict. To be honest with you, I also haven't seen enough of Atlanta to really sort of judge them. But I, I would hope we go all guns blazing because I think what we need to do we need to get the confidence there. We also need to just really have a good run. So, like Jamie said, the Atlanta, Atlanta game is going to sort of define, you know, we've got a tough group in a sense, really. And, you know, all, as someone said with the, the group that we have, we, I mean, we, I can't look at any of those sides and say, and so maybe on the current form, that we can beat any of those teams outright because I'm more constantly surprised by VRL and, and Emery and how we do. So, I'd hope a victory. I'd, I just hope for a victory and a few goals and brings back our confidence and then I'm surprised. Uh, how about you, Alan? How do you feel? Well, I think Atalanta was always was the team in that pot I was really hoping to avoid because I think in many ways they were sort of a uh, of of, of 2000 era Virial um, a little later, you know. They've, they've, uh, they play very attractive football and, uh, and they can score goals in bunches, as Valencia found out. So, I, you know, I'm I'm hoping for a win, but I I'm kind of like you. I think it's 
it's hard that it's um, coming up as the first match. Um, but I have, I think after last year in, in Europe, I mean, I have to have confidence in, in uh, Emery analyzing what to do and picking the players to do it and us, bring, us making it come off. So, you know, I think it's going to be, we're going to have to get uh, multiple goals to get a win, though, because I, I don't see us keeping them off the score sheet. So it's going to have to be like a 2-1 or a 3-2 or something like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So we'll see. Anyway, um, so I want to thank Jamie for joining us. Thank Robin for joining us. Thank Robin especially for analyzing um, how we, you know, with our favorite players. I'm, I'm, I'm really, that was really good. I'm, I'm really uh, blown away by that. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we'll, we'll you know, I like to surprise you, Alan. <laughs> yeah, we can't wait to get can't wait to get Zach on for that. Um, anyway, so uh, this will probably this will go up before the um, well before we find out for sure whether we're playing Alaves, but certainly before Atalanta, and um, hopefully uh, we'll we'll come up with three points from Alaves, three points from Atalanta, and we'll we'll be gunning down the road to, to better things. So for Jamie and Robin, this is Alan saying, and the Van Verial, thank you for listening.